Welcome to the Lead Me On podcast, where we give you practical solutions for extraordinary leadership. My name is Lori King-Taylor, and I'm here with my co-host, Lori Gorell. For more than 25 years, we've been educating and coaching individuals who want to transform the way they lead. Join us each week as we provide inspiring conversations to help you increase your capability to lead with greater impact and influence. Get ready. It's time to lead me on. Well, hello, Lori Gorell. Hello, Lori King-Taylor. How are you today? I am wonderful because I get to spend a little bit of time with you this afternoon. It is going to be a fun talk. I'm, I finally feel like we're we're getting our time. Yes, because we've actually had um, a, a few weeks or a couple of weeks here where we haven't been able to get together. And so I'm excited to be able to carry forward with our topic on generations. And it's our generation. It is. It's all about us today, Lori. <laughs> finally. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about the Gen Xers. And so these are people that were born between 1965 and 1981. And they're a relatively independent group of workers. I identify with that. I do too. And, and one of the neat things about this group of workers is they really have this entrepreneurial spirit, even if they're in a corporation in a larger environment, they still have that entrepreneurial spirit. But you're seeing that a lot in like people like you and I who left corporate to start our own companies. I have seen and supported so many people in making that transition, that exit from that structured, more corporate workplace to branch out on their own. And it takes a lot of thought to do it, but the the Gen Xers are of that mindset. And yet, even if when they stay in corporate, having that entrepreneurial mindset is really valuable because they see the organization they work with a bit as their own business. They really feel invested. And that's a wonderful thing for companies because when your employees feel like it's their business, they do their jobs a little bit differently. You know, they have ownership into what's going on. So they're just kind of more engaged in the outcome and the, the work that they're actually producing. And I've heard from a lot of my clients when they're talking about, you know, how do I develop so-and-so or this particular group? They, and they will say, I want them to think of, of this business as their own, right? They're wanting that characteristic, that quality. So we may not need to exit corporate if we do are of that entrepreneurial mindset, maybe it's just a, a shift in how we are operating in our current place. And I think a lot of that comes to how you manage this generation of workers, right? If you want them to, to take ownership and you want them to feel that ownership, you've got to give them some responsibility and leave them alone. You've got to allow them to feel as if they're owners in the business. So they own their project, they own what they're working on, and they don't have you constantly nipping at them. And to that opportunity to develop others while they're doing it, that's a bit too of that entrepreneurial spirit, right? Wanting to develop the people around you to grow the business. 
Yeah. So in, in thinking about the Gen Xers and why is it that they're so independent and where does all of this entrepreneurial spirit come from? These are our latchkey generation kids. So these are the kids whose parents remember were the boomers. So they're all about their careers and all about what they're doing. And so the Gen Xers were coming home from school to an empty house. Yes, I was. Thank you very much for noticing. <laughs> so when they got home from school, they had to do their chores. They had to, you know, take care of their own homework. They sometimes had to get themselves their own dinner. So they they were pretty independent from a very early age. And start dinner for when everyone else got home. Yes. Yeah. I had these and I still have this one list and it, I, re, I even know the paper it was written on. I, I just couldn't put my fingers on it right now, but I have it. It was this round piece of paper that must have been very popular in the 80s because it was decorated, whatever. And my mom had a list, a to-do list for me most days when I got home from school. And so it had this list. And then after I got done with my list, I turned it over and I left a note back for her. And I said, went to Cindy's, right? So it's like, yeah, check, check, check. Got my stuff done. I'm out of here, right? Yeah. Very independent. Yeah. And she saved that. She thought that was just hilarious that I was like taking charge. I left my list right back for her. I love it. And that's what you've got today in the workplace, right? You give them a list, they're going to get the stuff done and then they're going to work on their own list. At the yeah, same they're gonna, then they're going to move it forward, their own stuff forward. You know, so the other interesting thing about this generation is they're always, they're often considered the sandwich generation. So they're sandwiched between this really large group of boomers and this really large group of millennials. And Gen Xers are a smaller generation. You know, the boomers were very concerned about their careers, so they weren't having kids at a high rate of a, a speed. But then you've got them coming into the workplace with all of these boomers who have taken over all the great jobs, right? Because there's so many of them. And the, the Gen Xers are just kind of coming into the workforce, finding their place, working real hard, waiting their turn for the next leadership position to be open, which doesn't come open very often, which may be why they also leave to go start their own companies. And now they've got this huge group of millennials you know, again, now the largest group in the workplace coming in right on their heels. And these guys, they don't believe in waiting in line. No. They are anxious to get going and take those leadership positions and you just move out of the way, little Gen Xer. I, I'm a millennial and I'm coming on through. Yes, yes. And and they they deserve it. And whenever I think, whenever you say sandwich generation, and I know when you and I talk, my elbows go out. I'm like trying to create space between me and these generations. And, and it's not just the boomers that are coming up on us. There's also the traditionalists that are still there, but the traditionalists and the older boomers are who the Gen Xers are caring for. Yes. So that's another, when we think about the sandwich generation, is that this generation is caught in between, they still have kids, and some of their kids are like young adults now, but they're still kind of hanging in, and we're trying to take care of these kids, get them through college, help them get kind of set up boomeranging. in their lives. Yes. Some of them are boomeranging. And then they also have the elderly parents. So they're caring now for their elderly parents. And you know, they've got parents with dementia and they're trying to figure out 
you know, if they can stay in their homes and when to take away car keys and how to get them to their appointments. So they're they're not only in the workforce trying to care for everybody in the work workplace and, and keeping that going, but they're still trying to raise their kids and take care of their parents at the same time. So they've got a lot of stress going on in their lives. Yeah. So it's, it's no wonder when people say it's the sandwich generation or the forgotten generation or the, the forgotten middle child that, that resonates so much, because I think a lot of times it's just overlooked. There's this period of time where people really talk about boomers and they really talk about millennials. And yet there's this whole vibrant group of people in between. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about how are we going to attract and retain Gen Xers in our workforce? Well, we're comfortable with technology. So I don't think that that is going to be a barrier like it has been for other generations. Well, and remember, this is the generation where the internet was invented. And so most of us have embraced it and the rest of them are like, they left it behind when, you know, the the first dot matrix thing was happening. They're like, nope, right. <laughs> yeah, done. But we've had to figure out, right? Because I can remember, I'm a Gen Xer and I can remember in college when I was, I was actually in grad school, but I was in grad school at a young age, but in college, there were computers and we had those little Apple computers, yeah, those little monitors. Things, but they were in the computer lab. Yes. They weren't in our dorm rooms or in our, our houses. And so I can remember thinking when people told me about the World Wide Web and you can research anything on it, I was like, well, what do I research on it? You know, because we grew up researching through card catalogs, right? And going to the library and then as we're getting into college, these computers are starting to come out and we're learning how to use them in a computer lab. And then I can remember my first job out of grad school. I had a computer on my desk, but it was a Wang. I don't even know if you remember Wangs, but it was this DOS machine. It was this Wang, right? So, so we've really had to learn continuous. So now, you know, still in our in in our lifetime, there's the iPhones. We didn't have we didn't have phones when we were kids, right? So all this new technology. So we learn and adapt very easily because through our lifetime, things have changed significantly as far as technology is concerned. We and yes, we've been through it all. And I'm not afraid to learn or lean on the millennials to help me out to keep me up to speed. But I too remember signing up for my place in the computer lab because it was so busy, right? We had to sign out a, a particular time. And if you miss it, somebody's sliding in there. Yeah. You're not there. So yeah, a lot of fond memories of the early computer days. And as far as attracting and retaining, it's recognizing that we're completely comfortable with that, right? We're not afraid of, of tech at all, but we also want face-to-face -face interaction. Yes. It can't be just this whole virtual, although we've embraced, again, this virtual, but coming together and having those conversations are still real important to a Gen Xer. You know, having a an important conversation via text or via Snapchat, that's just not the way to have those conversations. You can send quick messages those way, but to be able to have those crucial conversations and we really need that face-to-face -face time with each other. 
And I find because I embrace that face-to-face, even if it's Zoom face-to-face, to really be able to connect with someone, but that we learned and we know how to have those crucial conversations. And I find that I am teaching that a lot, whether it's one-on-one or even a group, because it's almost a bit of a lost art, right? It's something that I think our generation really embraced and we learned how to do it um, because we needed to make our our mark or get our space in the yeah. workplace. Yeah. And I think that's a really great quality that I think organizations could lean on as well. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When I have people that'll say, do you want a phone call or a Zoom meeting? I always choose the Zoom meeting because I like to look at people's faces. And of course, I'm also a student of body language and communication skills. So that's always you know, something that's in the back of my mind. But I really do enjoy and embrace that eye to eye contact. Yeah, you can pick up so much. So I, that lends itself to to the ideal work environment. And I do think we're adaptable. But I would say there is a fair part of our generation who prefer to be in a work location. They show up somewhere. Yeah. Well, and, and they also prefer, though, that flexibility. Yes. Because they're caring for, you know, these kids on one end and these parents on the other end. They also need that flexibility to be able to go into the office, but to work from home when necessary, or to be able to take off in the middle of the day to take mom to her doctor's appointment and work in the evenings. So companies that offer that flexibility to, hey, just get your work done. You know, you may not get it done in eight to five hours, but just get your work done, or you may not always be in the office. And sometimes the office and I hear this from my clients, they're like, yes, I love to work from home. I love to be independent, but sometimes I need to get away from my house. Yes, (laughs) that's me. So I have an office in two locations, right? I have an office outside my house and I have an office inside my house. And luckily I can choose most of the time where I sit based on, you know, whether I have in client, in-house clients, I always go to the office, but There are days if I am head down working on curriculum, I actually may choose to go to the office because my husband works from home now full time. And then I still have for a few more days, a 20 year old that lives in my house who won't be living in my house in another week. And then I have a 16 year old that lives in my house. So, you know, he's he's in and out, in and out, in and out. And there's distractions. And and so it's like, I got to put heads down. I'm in the office. But I also like to go with, be with the big people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think to, to sum that up, flexibility is the key. And having both sides, the, the flexibility of being either on site or remote. Yeah. I think some of the other benefits, too, is we need to consider the age that these this generation is in and the things that are important to them, they're starting to, they're not quite, some are thinking about retiring. Others want to stay in the workplace longer. I'm, I'm surprised by the amount of my friends recently who have decided to retire. And I'm like, we're too young. (laughs) (laughs) It's not time for that yet. But because of that, 
um, starting to think about, you know, their retirement years. So things that are important to them are, you know, those, those stock option um, things there, how much are you putting into their retirement? Because where at once we didn't care as much about that. Now I know I look every time my husband says the R word, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Do I have enough money to live in the style in which I'm accustomed to when we're not working anymore? You do not. (laughs) I know the style in which you've become accustomed. Keep working. So, well, you'll be happy to know my financial advisor says yes, that we are. Bravo. Do they really know? Yeah, he does. Well, he's known me for years. And that's every time Jim says the R word, I'm like, he says, let's go talk to Gene so he can tell you that we're okay. And I'm like, we're not okay. <laughs> Mama needs new shoes. Right. And that is a thing with this generation, because I think another aspect of that is we saw financial struggle from our, our parents, right? And so there's some residual. We want to make sure there's security there. Yeah. And to for employers to really pay attention to that and supporting and offering guidance or lunch and learns or things to help them to feel more secure because not everyone has a gene. Yes. Everybody needs a gene. Everyone all... needs a gene. Shout out, Gene. I know you're listening. <laughs> and I have a Kathy, but we, we need the genes and the Kathy's, but not everyone does. So when you can provide a little bit of that, you might not have even have thought about it. Yeah. Absolutely. And so this is the other perk that you can give them. So this is a great opportunity to bring in those experts. And let the genes and the Cathy's of the world to come in and talk to Gen Xers and show that you as an organization really care for them and you care for their future. And, and, you know, they got all these, you know, extra people hanging on to them, their parents and their kids that are still hanging on and providing them kind of that financial piece that they're looking for that, you know what, okay, things are going to be okay. Or if they're not right now, this is how I can get them into place. So they will be okay. So I know what would add to their peace. If they are, if an employer starts offering support for financial planning for retirement to make sure that they know it's not about kicking them out, that I'm giving you financial planning so I can exit you out. Make sure they know that. Yes. We're just helping you. (laughs) We're just helping you prepare. So when you're ready to leave. Yeah. Because I think yeah. when you start offering that stuff, it's like, okay, am I getting Bye. closer to the door? What's going on? Yeah. Those daggum millennials. <laughs> yeah. Here they come after me again. They're pushing me right out the door. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the things we talked about is, and you and I have, is that this generation has a love of learning. Mm-hmm. And that we're always looking to expand our knowledge and Something that people may not consider that would be really a great benefit or a perk for this generation is tuition reimbursement. Amen, sister. You know, we all know I'm back in school right now. Ah. So I have a tuition reimbursement policy in my company. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I think you would be surprised at how relevant that is. I think some companies have gotten away from it because some so many millennials are coming in, they already have their education. And so when benefits got cut, a lot of times tuition reimbursement got cut, but that can be so valuable to this generation because they want to improve their skills because they're really devoted to your organization most of the yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. And, and remember, it's not just tuition reimbursement 
as far as going back to college and, and getting a, a master's or a doctorate degree or finishing their bachelor's degree if they didn't complete that. But it's also professional development training. Yeah. So providing them those opportunities to continue to grow in the things that they're doing every day in the workplace and things that you and I teach are really important to this generation. They eat it up. They want to learn. They want to know more. Yeah. And that expands the thought around what is tuition reimbursement. So that's an expansion of maybe how your policy is written or was written to include professional development or certificate programs. Yeah, because sometimes companies don't are not offering necessarily the things that you want yeah. to take, the things that you want to learn that are applicable to what you do in your job. And you may have to go off and do them and providing them that say, hey, you've got $5,000 a year for you to be able to spend however you would like to spend for your professional development. So if you want to go to a conference, you can go to a conference. If you want to take an online course, you can take an online course. You know, uh, Harvard and Cambridge have these amazing week-long leadership programs. You want to go do one of those you, you have those opportunities. And I think that's something that Gen Xers would uh, really embrace. For sure. So what else do we want people to know about Gen X? What, how can we express how awesome we are? <laughs> I think we've told them very, very well. We're pretty darn awesome. I think it's, it's to really focus in on that the Gen Xers are very loyal very committed employees to your organization that they really want to do well within the organization. They have a lot on them in this stage of their life, but they're not slackers. They're not slacking in that work, even though they have all of this other going on. And so to just embrace them, to give them those opportunities for leadership, to embrace their work style help them to be able to get the professional development that they want. And at the same time, and, and leave them alone, right? Let them be independent. <laughs> and at the same time, be flexible with all that they have going on in their lives. It sounds like those are our practical solutions for extraordinary leadership. You know, that's funny. I was just thinking the same thing as I finished that up. I was like, well, I think I just gave our Practical solutions. So let's, let's just re revisit that, Lori. So practical solution number one would be to embrace this generation's thirst for independence and leadership. And I would say the second would be to remember that they have a lot on their plates right now being a sandwich generation and give them flexibility to work as it works best for them. And I think to wrap it up is to be mindful of what benefits really matter to this generation. Absolutely. Lori, this was so much fun. It was it, it was neat to talk about our generation. It, it was a lot of fun because, you know, I identify. And, and you know, I kind of, I am a middle child. So to be a Gen Xer and be called the middle child generation, it just all kind of fits. <laughs> and we have that, you know, that syndrome of everybody's paying attention to the oldest child and to the baby and nobody's paying attention to me. <laughs> well, now they're going to have to, because we've just really put it out there. Absolutely. Well, Lori, you have a fantastic day. I cannot wait to talk to you again. Until then. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, we would so appreciate a review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. 
If you're interested in knowing more about our upcoming events or working with one of us personally to transform the way you lead, visit our websites. For Lori King-Taylor, visit trinityperformancesolutions.com. And for Lori Gorell, visit upwardsolutionscc.com. Until next week.